Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So two years into COVID, five major tax law changes, and motivation for ourselves, our employees, our clients has become a bigger and bigger issue. So today, we're all going to learn how to get motivated and how to motivate each other. And we have a absolutely the expert in the motivational field, Ayelet Fishbach. And Dr. Fishbach, we are so, so pleased to have you on the WealthAbility Show for CPAs. Tom, thank you so much for having me. Excited to talk about motivation. So if you will, just give us a little of your background and why you spend so much time on in the field of motivation. So I'm a social psychologist. I'm a professor at the University of Chicago at the Booth School of Business. I was also the, the president of the Society for the Science of uh, Motivation, and I'm the author of uh, Get It Done, uh, my new book on uh, how to stay motivated. Uh, what got me to study motivation? Gosh, that was many years ago. I was uh, pursuing a dissertation, a PhD dissertation on self-control. Uh, by the end of the previous century, and uh, <laughs> then uh, I got interested in uh, motivation more broadly defined. So beyond self-control, like how, how just people get themselves to, to do what they need to do? How do you get other people to do what other people want uh, to do? Um, and have been doing most of my work uh, while uh, I've been at the University of Chicago here at Booth. Well, so thank you for this. Thanks for doing all this study because you just hit it at the right time. I think uh, we're finding in our profession, I'm finding a lot of people, um, close friends of mine, relatives that are in the CPA profession that are saying, you know what? I just don't know how much longer I want to do this. It's gotten harder and harder. We have an IRS who says, who doesn't answer the phone. Um, they don't respond. They, they put a lot more pressure on the CPAs and at the same time expect more from the CPAs. We've been essential workers, though not in the healthcare business, but on the front line financially for um, the last two years. And frankly, a lot of us are just tired. 
And so when, when you consider that, and of course you consider that employees also, you know, we used to have this three months of we pushed hard, right? You know, February, March, and April, and we pushed really hard. And then we got to take some time off and we've had literally no time off in two years. So let's start right there. Let's hit, hit, hit it hard. How do you keep people motivated who are normally self-motivated, but now are just tired? Yes, uh, uh, people are tired now and, you know, they, they have a good reason, right? It has been uh, a while, it has been uh, hard. Uh, at the moment, uh, you mentioned several of the reasons why people are tired. I would add one that we are also short on people, okay? There are fewer <laughs> people are. doing their jobs, right? And so uh, it's just uh, uh, not very uh, motivating. Uh but uh, part of what keeps people motivated uh, or unmotivated is, is not so much where they are now, but what they see when they look to the future, okay? It's like where, where people feel that they are going. And in, in a way, what makes it hard for many people at the moment is that we don't quite see the change, okay? Like it's hard <laughs> now and I don't quite see how next week it's going to be different or, or next uh, month. And, and this is interesting because we, we might think that our motivation is, is a function of just the present, what's going on, but it's often a function of what we anticipate uh, will happen. Like we find that people are uh, more impatient uh, when they, they feel that just like things are not moving quickly enough that they are not getting where they they already thought that they are going to be with their lives they, with the state of, of the world with the state of the pandemic and and so on and to that one tactic is to look back and think about the progress that we have made okay so the entire industry uh just had this huge shift in how we work okay uh, two years ago uh, we made some progress, we learned some, okay? And so while we, when we look at the target, it's not quite clear when is this going to happen. It's a moving target, it's very hard. But when we look back at what we have achieved, how much we have adjusted, what we can do now that we wish we could tell that, that the person that we were two years ago, do it this way, that helps people uh, stay motivated. So actually, so what I'm hearing is actually celebrating how far we've come in the last two years is, is, is important. A lot of uh, CPAs, for example, I mean, we're all working from home, right? I mean, yeah. doing, a, <laughs> doing podcasts on Zoom is like standard now. We don't come in, you know, we don't come into a studio anymore. And, and so I love this idea of celebrating actually what we've achieved. I think that's, uh, so I, I get that. So their step number one is actually realize that, look, you really have done some things so that uh, maybe, you know, two years down the road, we can accomplish even more. So if that's step number one and say, let's, let's celebrate, let's make sure we realize what we have achieved, what would be step number two? Well, then I would say, uh, well, let, let me actually step out of steps because that, that it really, it's not a process that has several steps that fit everyone. It's a, a, how to motivate yourself, how to motivate your employees is uh, very uh, much depending on your situation, okay, and, and your personality. And so I'm, I'm a bit hesitant to say, like, you should all follow these five steps. You should understand what you could do and then think about what's, uh, what's the missing ingredient in your organization, okay, why people are 
not living up to the potential there. And so then what I offer in my work is a framework that has four elements. Okay, One is setting the goal. Okay, Another one is monitoring the progress toward that goal. A third one is managing everything else that is going on, so managing multiple goals. And the fourth one is social support, Okay, doing it with other people that understand you, that are helpful, and, and, and so on. We started with a second element. <laughs> we started with how to uh, monitor progress because the, the way you describe the situation, you were reflecting on this feeling where it is just getting harder and harder. And I, I don't see where this ends. Okay? And I would say, well, if you look back, you will see that it actually got easier. Okay? What is harder is that you've been doing it for a while, so you're tired, but like, the everyday is easier now compared with a, a year ago for uh, many of us. Uh, let's think about uh, uh, setting the goal. Okay, like what? Uh, uh, what's the goal that you you set for yourself for the people around you at work? Yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about you know when I mean, you know, we it's first of the year, so we're talking about goals anyway, right? We yeah. have we have tax season coming up for CPAs. And uh, we have an IRS that said they're not even going to start for a while. They're only, even our calls, they only answer 10% of. So then the question is, all right, so what's a right goal? So what types of goals do you set? What's, you know, how do you be realistic about your goals, but at the same time have something that you're reaching for? So you're already pointing out something uh, that is important, okay? The, the goal needs to be in this sweet spot between uh, uh, realistic and, uh, and motivating. Okay? Like if, it's, uh, if, if you expect too much, you will get discouraged. If you expect uh, uh, too little, well, you'll meet your goal, but really, why did you set it? You were going to get it anyways. And so like, think about goal as, as challenging. I often Think about this as something like 80% chance that you'll achieve it or that you will achieve it every day. Okay. So like, you think that you will do that much work every day. That's your goal. On 80% of the days, you will actually get there. That means that you are challenging yourself. You did not set something that is too easy or uh, impossible. Uh, in, in research, we find that the two extremes don't work. Uh, do goals work better than do not uh, uh, goals? Uh, so uh, many of us have the right intuition that we should think about what we need to do, what we need not to do. Uh, but some people said do not goals. And the problem with do not goals with avoidance goals is that there is no stamina there. Like it's usually, it feels very urgent. Mm. Okay? I tell you that, uh, you know, to think about something that you should not do and you feel that you should not do it immediately. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's hard to stick with it for uh, a while like that. The, the classic research asks people not to think about something. So don't think about white bears, okay? Or don't think about your ex or don't think about, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that uh, uh, the food that you uh, want to eat. Immediately people think about white bears, their ex and the food that uh, they, they should not eat, right? So do goals, approach goals, uh, work better. Uh, think about incentives. So goals that have the right incentives in place. Okay. So not so too many incentives. About that? Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about incentives because uh, that's actually, uh, I found that to be an issue over my career, um, establishing the wrong incentives and what the incentives do. So sometimes it's, um, I find that 
you know, there's team incentives, there's personal incentives, there's financial incentives, there's accomplishment incentives. How do you, how do you actually break that down and determine what's a good incentive? Yeah, the problem with incentives, and I'm curious about your experience, but often they don't incentivize the right thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so one problem is that you just put the incentive on the wrong place. Uh, in my book, I tell the story of the, the people of Hanoi at the beginning of the 20th century. The French colonials there uh, set a bounty program that uh, paid uh, residents of Hanoi uh, for killing rats. Okay? Basically, you need to bring the dead rat's tail to get one cent. Sounds reasonable. Okay, many uh, rats were killed in the process of getting the, the money. Uh, the problem is that how do you get a dead rat? Well, first you need to have a live rat. And so what the smart, <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. Okay, what the smart residents of Hanoi yeah. did was selling raise rats. rats. Exactly, right? You raise rats, you have dead rats, you can claim your money. Uh, so, you know, at, at work, we often incentivize the, the wrong thing and then we see the, the wrong behavior, okay? We incentivize, the, you know, not the quality, but the quantity of the work. And so we get a lot of quantity, but it's low quality, okay? Someone did a lot of work, but you have no use for that work. Another problem with incentives that is often we get confused about why, why we do that, the thing. And so I give the example of... Uh, no, like uh, over speeding, okay? Like you, if you don't over speed because you don't want to get a fine, you might forget that the reason why you should drive carefully is to stay alive, okay? Like that, in a way that the incentive system kind of messed up your understanding for why you obey the, uh, the law. You obey the law because it's supposed to be a selfish act of protecting your health. Uh, you just misunderstood that because the, the incentive is, is there. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, students might uh, uh, feel that if no one is watching them, then they can copy on the exam and, and not study. But really, the incentives are there to help them study because they, they need to know. Uh, I can talk more about incentives, but I would say incentives need to be smart. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk a little bit. I mean, I've had some failed incentives. Okay. So for example, one of the, the issues we have in our profession is we tend to incentivize hours, input, as opposed to output. It's actually a, a, a fairly sizable challenge in the professional services industry, legal, accounting, engineering, et cetera. If you bill by the hour, your incentive is to spend more hours if uh, and, and to have people work more hours where what we in my mind, what we ought to be incentivizing is let's get the work done, let's get it done more effectively, and we don't do that by incentivizing the number of hours or even how, um, you know, how 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 much we can bill for those hours. But rather, we focus change our focus from inputs to outputs. Um, can you just address that just briefly? The that that difference yeah. in focus. We often in, in incentivize what's easy to measure, mm. right? And. Uh, and the reason that we uh, pay people by the hour is that it is the easiest thing to measure, or at least it used to be the easiest thing to measure, right? Right now, actually, we have a pretty good tools that can measure how much work you've done in these hours. Like I, I can actually measure how many lines you, you've, you've written, right? Like how many uh, reports you, uh, uh, you worked on, uh, but it's still, we are stuck in like it's, the easiest thing is to uh, measure uh, the amount of time 
uh, and not anything uh, else. If we are trying to get a better system, then we need to think about how do we measure the quality of the work? Okay. Can I measure the number of mistakes? Okay. Is there an easy way to see how serious are these mistakes so that I get some measure of, of quality? Um, beyond that, uh, uh, how much the person did when they were sitting there. So you know how you, you sit in front of your email and after two hours, you, you feel very productive, but really all you did was answering emails and they're going to come back to you, they, you know, <laughs> as soon as you read the, so you did nothing, right? Uh, uh, how do we better monitor the output okay, and, and getting people feedback and, and incentivize that. And, and of course, one of our challenges is if we charge by the hour, then um, we actually create a, an incentive for us to work more hours, but we also create a disincentive for the client to actually ask us questions. So one of the things that we're looking at is how do we go to something more like a flat you know, a, a flat monthly fee? How do we do something that is is really more about all right, we're trying to do this and we want to accomplish this. And if we do that, that's how we get paid. So it's more um, for what we accomplish as to how many hours we put in. Um, and so it seems to me like part of what you're saying is if, if, if our incentive, you know, we don't want, we want to incentivize the right thing, which includes not just production from our standpoint, but from the client's standpoint, what do we want the client to do and how do we want to motivate the client? So let me uh, use the example of gym membership. Okay, what you are describing uh, sounds similar to a gym that would have the system where I pay for every minute that I spend there. Okay, which basically makes me want to exercise as little as possible because exactly. if I right if I stay for another five minutes, that will cost me more. What gyms do? Well, they make you pay an annual fee. And now the more you exercise, actually, the better for you, right? Like you get more value for your, your money. So maybe the, the incentive system should be revised such that I pay you for the, the annual like uh, performance. And, and now I want to ask the questions because this is like spending another five minutes exactly. with you. Exactly. I, I love that. So thank you for that. So let's talk a little bit more about... Um, if we can motivate employees, because uh, one of the challenges we have, of course, like not just the owners that are tired, the employees are tired, um, lots of uncertainty, as you say, which creates lots of stress. Um, so let's say you, you know you have to get work done in the next three months. Uh, how, do you, how do you motivate people to just get it done? What, what, are, what are some of your ideas for um, setting, setting the goals and, and getting people motivated to, where they don't just throw up their hands and say, I'm just not gonna do the work? Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to understand, uh, talking to employees, what is the, the problem? And for many employees, uh, the problem right now is working from home. Now, some people like it, so it really depends. Okay, For some people, they just save the commute and they have these wonderful, quiet houses and they, they love to spend time there. Uh, for uh, others, uh, uh, their house is, uh, uh, is not quiet. Uh, uh, they are with the people that uh, don't understand why uh, uh, mom or dad uh, needs to be at, at work. Uh, they are away from the people that will help them do the work, from the people that even just inspire them. Okay, like when you're in the office and you see the person next to you uh, working, that 
makes you want to walk. There is a, a, this just contagious effect of being in the environment where other people are uh, walking. Uh, and so one thing to ask our employees is uh, how does uh, walking from home uh, is working for them? Like, and, and how can we provide that the social support that is basically the fourth ingredient in my framework that is so critical to uh, being successful. Many uh, employers tried at the beginning of the pandemic to uh, uh, try to keep the social hours, okay? to have like this, like uh, bring your drink and let's have a uh, social hours. Speaking to employees, they mostly hated it. It felt very unnatural to have the, the social hour on Zoom. Uh, but we are now two years into it. And so, you know, maybe we develop better ways to uh, connect to, uh, to people. How do we make sure that we have this social connection that you, you see your people to the same amount that you would see them if they were in the office? You, you, you check on them, you are kind to them, you send them a note, you, you briefly uh, meet. Uh, we know that uh, Zoom meetings should be shorter than in-person meetings because people get right. the, the Zoom fatigue. Uh, so, so this is one thing. Um, helping, helping employees uh, uh, with just understanding first their targets and, and then like progress monitoring, like how, how other people are doing, where, where do you stand, uh, giving feedback. Many of the of these uh, motivators, such as setting a, a target and, and monitor progress and, and looking back and looking forward and, and making social comparisons, were uh, just happening when everybody was in the office and are not so much happening on their own right now. Okay, when I sit by my desk for five hours, I have no idea if I just worked more than anybody else in the office, right? Or True. Am I a slacker? Like, what? Like, how? How are like? How are things for me? Okay, so we need so to be much. So I'm hearing that measurement is a very big, very important part of these goals, and in yeah. actually making feel people feel good about about the goals is um, is is not just setting the right ones, but actually having a measurement process and that feedback. Am I hearing that right? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, so, so this is what there are many, like, you know, we, we found, for example, that having people give advice was helping for the person who was struggling. Okay. And, and so this is one thing that people could try, just ask people to give advice to another person that is in a similar situation and see what people give you often just by the act of giving the advice. Like we had you know, people that were unemployed giving advice to other people that are unemployed how to get a job. The result of this exercise was that the unemployed people were more motivated to apply for a job. Okay, like, Just by the fact of me reflecting on how one should do this. Okay, What do I know? What information I have to share with other people? You, you get this boost in our uh, motivation. I can go on. There are many ways. You know, <laughs> many, uh, that, yeah, that brings up a good point. One of the things that we've done when we set um, uh, uh, goals, but also incentives, is we tried to make them more team incentives so that helping each other is actually is actually a positive, right? We get a positive reward for it. Now, we, also, we, we know that when you help somebody else, you get a positive reward immediately, right? Because you feel better about yourself. Plus, we also know that 
the teacher is always the one learning more than the student because when you verbalize it, you get you learn things that you can't learn just by listening to things. And so, what my question for you is: Have you looked at um, how do you actually put that into um, a system or a process so that you you ensure that it actually happens in your organization? Uh, I would start by collecting information. And uh, maybe this is because I'm a researcher, but I start with collecting data. Okay, uh, I start by asking people questions like, how, how do you feel? Uh, what uh, makes it hard? What makes it easy? And I, I usually try to be very specific with uh, the questions. Uh, uh, do you know your, your goals for whatever, the, the quarter, uh, uh, the week, uh, uh, are they uh, well-defined? How should they be improved? Uh, how's the feedback that you are getting? Uh, uh, do you get good feedback? Do you know what you did well? Do you know what you didn't do well? Uh, learning from negative feedback is really hard. And so how detailed, how specific, how uh, explanatory that feedback is. And uh, what else do you need to achieve? So how do you manage your, your conflicting uh, goals at work and outside of goal and how much you are being supported? Once you collected that information, you know where to design the intervention, okay? If, if the main thing for people is that they are alone, okay, that they don't feel like there is teamwork, then this is the intervention, okay? We we need to create teams. We need to have better division of labor so that people don't simultaneously uh, work on the same uh, tasks. Uh, we, uh, uh, we need to have role models. Okay? And, and role models are usually the people that want you to be successful. Okay? They, are not, they are not necessarily the people that are successful by themselves. They want you to succeed. Okay? Like I, I give the example of like, you know, watching the Olympics last summer. I was watching the Olympics. It didn't make me want to swim or run. Okay? I, just impressed by how well they do it okay but you know someone in my life that wants me to exercise well that's what gets me early in the morning to, to do my run okay so 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 let me kind of kind of switch it a little bit then yeah. that's employees let's talk about motivating yourself because you're the owner which is lonely at the top and it really is because it's not like you can be you know have you really don't want your employees saying well Boss, you know, this is the way I'm, I'm going to motivate you. you you're, re, you're responsible for that motivation. So we have a lot of owners that are tired and a lot of owners saying, I'm just going to retire. I'm going to give up. Um, it's too hard. There's not enough employees. Um, I, you know, I'm, it, it's, just, it's just that hard. So how do you, um, let's finish up with this. Uh, how do you recommend that somebody who owns a company actually motivates themselves? Uh, yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, some people are uh, switching jobs right now and we don't necessarily think that this is bad. Okay, like it could be bad. Like it could be that we'll just have uh, uh, people that were lost and, and didn't find something that they wanted to do and, and, and just unhappy with their life. Maybe for some people, this is the right time to to go and do something else because really yeah, may, maybe you lost your passion. And so I would, you know, not, uh, not argue with someone who tells me that they lost their passion and they, and they want to do uh, something else. Uh, but it's also possible that you're just really hard at the moment 
you love your job, you're excited about doing it, you understand that you are giving a really important service to, to society, you are connecting to other people for your, your work, but at the moment you are just very tired. And if that is the situation, uh, then set more realistic goals. Okay, maybe you lost a few hours in a day, and so uh, what used to be eighty percent achievable goal now needs to be uh, scaled down. Maybe you have fewer employees, so you need to readjust your your goals. I, I maybe end with the, the idea that fantasizing uh, has been shown to be terrible as, as a motivating tool. Like having people just imagine themselves winning the awards or like the medal or, you know, even like getting a job doesn't work. Hey? Uh, when people were put into two groups, one was imagining themselves getting a job and the other one was planning how you're going to apply for a job the latter group did much better. Mm. And so like daydreaming about the, the amazing life that I had, okay, uh, will have in, in the future, uh, much less effective than actually making a plan, adjusting your goals, thinking about the actions that will get you there and, uh, you know, baby steps, look back one thing at a time. I like it. It's get it done, right? It's um, just take action. <laughs> Get it done. Um, don't don't just fantasize about it. I love it. Alet Fishbach, thank you so much. Um, I, the book is Get It Done. And where can we find out more information about your work? Uh, please go to my website, uh, ayeletfishback.com or uh, Google uh, uh, my book, uh, uh, Get It Done. All the bookstores are selling it and that will get you to my website and you can find out more about my work there. So thank you so much, Tom, for having me. Oh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, motivation is such a big issue uh, in our profession right now, um, not just because of the pandemic, but it's just compounded um, by, by COVID and the pandemic, but uh, something that we deal with on a daily basis, no matter what. And it's, it's great to understand that when, you know, we do have to think of what are the incentives for the clients? What are the incentives for the employees? And what are the incentives for us? And when we do focus on, the right goals and the right incentives, we're always going to have better clients, a better practice, and better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.